top shelf fantasy. It's time for Tannehill to take over. I think it's a great situation for him to step into. He has great weapons on the outside with Corey Davis and A.J. Brown. Brandon Cooks, Kenny Stills, Will Fuller, and Randall Cobb. All, there's a chance all four of them, oh, and Kiki Cutie, all five of them could be injured at the same time. And then you got David and Johnson hobbling around. <laughs> DJ Sharp, who is my dark throw this year, he's a burner, man. He ran a 4-3-4 in the combine. He had a 40-inch vertical in the right opportunity. He could be someone that could be a next-level kind of talent. Uh, they're giving Deshaun Watson some weapons. <laughs> no, he had a weapon. <laughs> now you give him an injury-prone guy who was one of the highest-paid receivers in the league. Oh, and I'm the Tom Brady of fantasies. Top shelf fantasy. We got a special uh, guest, the Tom Brady of fantasy here, uh, Scott Milne. <laughs> I I went to go when was that? Uh, you, uh, I think it was week ten or the week seven to believe or was not that, believe. You were like the Mai Tai uh, <laughs> be, be, beforehand. You were you were sauced, and I was trying to edit that and like slow it down. So I slowed it down to so I could cut it perfectly, and then I exported the whole thing distorted. So that's why you kind of sound like a robot a little bit. But yeah, welcome, I mean, Tom Brady Fantasy. How's it going? I'm new here. <laughs> um, it's podcast 72, July 22nd. It is 72, right? We've changed that on the docket? 72. Yeah, 72. Yeah. Okay, all right, perfect. Podcast 72, July 22nd. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Top Shelf FNTSY. Head over to the website at topshelffantasy.com. Uh, we're going over the AFC South uh, tonight. Um yeah, news? I don't know. News. I don't. I don't news. really. Oh, all right. Let's get the news. Okay, there's, we there's do the some news. news. Yeah, Craig, news? Uh, I, I started up, up with the uh, preseason. Yeah, so far. So there isn't one. <laughs> right. Uh, they have decided uh, the the NFL for whatever reason did get that proposed to the NFLPA. So I don't know what the NFL won in that bargaining chip, but the NFLPA won that no preseason games in 2020. So there's going to be a lot of undrafted rookies that don't get a shot. That would have otherwise. Yeah, so I guess my question there is, do we have, like, any dates for cutting your roster down to 53? Nope. Is it just you have to be compliant by week one and that's kind of it? There or is, right now, <laughs> start cutting guys? The, right, there, there is a still uh, – they're talking about what the amount of, um, you know, the roster size can be. Last season, it was you could have the full 90 players on your roster till week four of preseason. Yeah. Um, and Which I think they're talking about something about 80 players, and I think they're still bargaining on that. Yeah, it seems like if um, if I was in the NFLPA, right, I'd want to carry more guys on the team and just say, we're going to do no preseason. Can you carry 60 guys this year, 65, 70? Yeah. Because, well, I mean, they, they're talking about making them play, what, seven, uh, 18 games, something like that this year? Honestly, I mean, is that still I honestly sucks? forget if that's this year or next year. I think year. it's next year. I think it's now. next year, but who knows if we're even going to play 16 this year, so. With the, with no preseason though, I mean that's kind of nice for fantasy players. Like, oh, if yeah. you're drafting yeah, I mean, in like, early July, you don't yeah. have to oh, worry about that. Yeah, yeah. No. Lamar Miller torn ACL. <laughs> Darius Geis again. Kind <laughs> yeah, of thing. exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, maybe they do more. Um, you know, what are they combined camp scrimmages? You know, like the the Pats will always team up with. Right. It seems like the Saints every year. They and, actually uh, said that they're not allowing teams to do that. So they're not going to do any of that. Yeah. So these guys. So it's week, week one might be a rough looking <laughs> a week. Lot, a yeah. lot of starting so quarterbacks are going to be bad. Yeah. 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 yeah, a lot of starting quarterbacks are going to look really good against their practice squad. Yeah. Well, and that's oh, why yes. that's why I think you know going into a, a redraft, yeah, you stay away from the rookies unless you're in 14th, 15th round. Like I mean, Clyde Edwards Hilaire is going to be drafted third round. Dude's not even going to be able. He's going to yeah. get thrown in the middle of it. That's not. I don't. I mean. He, Later in the season, I'd say wait to pick him up later on, but he's still going to go in that same spot. Yeah, yeah, right. But you, is it you, worth it? We can get a guy like an Austin Eckler, maybe, or, right. or someone of that tier. Still, this right. is this is where experience actually matters now. Yep. Yeah. You, yeah, you have you have all the uh, younger fantasy football players that will go for the exciting name, whereas you know, in listening and you know seeing everything that you've done in the last however long you've been playing. 
And I, what, what I think is going to be interesting with no preseason, no film on guys. And so now um, the, the, I don't know if this is, this is true or not, the potential player opt-out. I've heard rumors that they have to make a decision by August 1st. But once, I mean, August 2nd hits, we're going to have a whole list of players that aren't going to play, and the teams are going to have to go out and, sign, and replace those players that said, you know, I don't feel comfortable playing with guys that you don't have a lot of film on. So that can create a bit of a, of a mess Chaos, from a fantasy yeah. perspective as well. Right, um, and the, uh, the way I've heard it so far is that that's a proposed date from right. the NFL to yep, the NFLPA, right. and they've not yet accepted it. But we're at July 22nd here, so <laughs> that's nine days away. <laughs> I mean, yeah. a little over a week. Um, <laughs> we're going to need yep. some information quickly whether they're accepting the date or not. I guess if the date comes and goes and they haven't said anything, I guess that would be their non-acceptance of it. But, um, well, right. like, this guy's going to opt in or opt out. I mean, we're talking about salary structure and you know potential compensation being changed on the season. And the players obviously want to be paid what they are supposed to be paid and what they feel like they're due. And the NFL says, well, if you get sick because of coronavirus, we don't want to pay you. Well, good luck reconciling that. I'm glad I'm not on uh, on that legal team. Yeah. Well, it's going to be a nightmare for the players, for the owners, and us fantasy For the players, fans. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Not for think the fans, the teams, the players, but for us. Yeah. yeah. Think, think about, about yourself. <laughs> yeah. And How does this us. impact me? <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Uh, and and we have a we have a, a stat here. I don't know where this came from, but two percent of the NFL players have already tested positive for COVID. Yeah, so they came. NFLPA confirmed today that fifty nine players in the NFL have tested. Be positive. a lot cooler if there was ten more. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Wait. Oh, I get it. <laughs> Math. Well, first it was ninety five, and then you they just flipped the numbers. You just know that someone tapping was. Oops, I messed it up. <laughs> For the entire world to know there's 95 and there's meant to be 59. Like, who's a typist there? Yeah, like, please check your data <laughs> before you hit press live to, like, on the press release about coronavirus in this day and age. But someone I, just told them to change it. It's actually 95. It yeah, probably said, is. Lower the number a little bit, please. <laughs> okay, we're not getting a lot of good feedback on 95. See if 59 works. See if they'll buy the typo thing. It worked with my, uh, my high school history teacher. <laughs> well, yeah. I won't. Yeah. Okay. Um... All right, so we'll talk about three players. Uh, Devontae Freeman hiring Drew Rosenhaus as his agent. I I don't really know what that means fantasy-wise, but I think it does mean that he wants to be on a team and he wants to play in 2020. If players opt out, I think it actually gives him a, a phenomenal chance to get on a team. I mean, oh, yeah. heaven oh, yeah. forbid Leonard Fournette says, you know, I don't want to play. And then the Jags, you know. Yep. They go inside Lamar Miller instead. Well, probably. <laughs> <laughs> because he's going to cost $5 million less. Um, well, well, so that's what the actual big thing is, is that the best fantasy option that's still as a free agent is Devonta Freeman. And he had so, so many bad things happen to him where, you know, he, he declined deals and then his agents like, screw you guy. If you're going to keep declining these deals, I work for you. Then, you know, I'm gone. So he signs with Rosenhaus and now is pleading on social media, please anyone come bring me in. <laughs> so now he's going to get away. Yeah. Worse deal than before, right? And I'm hoping it's Tampa, because they have. I know you are. Except, except <laughs> less money. I know. You I are. mean, it'd be the best. Place it'd, be, it'd, be, it'd be good for fantasy. Um, and then Josh Gordon's looking to come back, which that has some pretty significant uh, fantasy impacts if he comes back anywhere. I mean, if he came back to the Pats and then gives Cam Newton another weapon. I'd like that. So do the Seahawks still have his rights? Or I, is that? So they, I, they I, do. I don't know. So the, the Seahawks do want him back, but they said if <clears throat> NFL reinstates him in the next week or so, the next week or two, then they will bring him back. But that's if the NFL does that. Or not. I mean, what's this, his fourth, fifth time reinstated? Like, it's kind of getting yeah. ridiculous. I still wouldn't draft this guy in any fantasy leagues. Um, nope. Because we've seen Dickie this. will draft him. We've seen this. Oh, his last good season 100%. was 2013. I mean, it's 2020 now. Like, right. It's been years, and this happens every single year. He is a mid-steal in every draft, and it's a waste of a pick. The thing right. is, is if it was going to happen, it was going to happen on a team that had, like the Patriots, that had no other weapons at the time that he was there. Right. And he, he succeeded to a point. Like, he... Me, I had him on a few teams. He got like ten fantasy points here and there. He had flashes. I mean, like, he'd have a big game here and there. But he's on the Seahawks now. If he goes back to the NFL on the Seahawks, right. on a run first team, and they right. just brought in Dorsett too. So it's like he, they still have weapons there to throw it to. Yeah. He's the third or fourth 
fourth option. In very, very uh, situationally dependent. And I was giving you the eyeball because you said flashes, and I was like, Flash Gordon. It's like, good, good pun. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, and Antonio Brown retired. Yeah, I mean, like, he retired the third. Time. He hasn't already been retired. Like, it's so funny because like when this came out, we're like, yeah, all right, it means nothing. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, still trying to get back in the league. Just trying to. He's he's literally place. announcing his retirement to hope that somebody says, "Oh no, don't retire, dude. You want to come play with us?" <laughs> like, no, AB, nobody wants you. I mean, the I'll take Terrell Owens at forty-six <laughs> over. Yeah, right. I mean, the biggest <laughs> thing is. Yeah. Pe- Team is probably want this guy, but oh, yeah. do we sign him and then he's suspended for a year? Yeah, he's a is loose it cannon. Probably get not. Him. Yeah. Okay. All right. On All right. to uh, yeah. So now we'll jump into the AFC South. Um, Scotty, you put this one together. So if you want to bring us into it, uh, yeah. Um, AFC South. So that's is the Houston Texans, the Tennessee Titans, the Indianapolis Colts, and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, I'll get into the. Um, you know, the um, teams are playing this year. Their opponents this year are the AFC North and the NFC North. So that's uh, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Cincy. And NFC North is Green Bay, Minnesota, Chicago, and Detroit. Um, kind of tough defenses here, with, you know, with the Ravens, Pittsburgh, even Chicago, Green Bay, and Minnesota. So that is tough for the whole division, but I mean, there's a lot of moving parts in the offensive wise on pretty much all the teams. Um, our first team we're going to talk about is the Houston Texans. They went ten and six last year. Um, the biggest thing, of course, the entire season was Hopkins. They yeah. traded Judge Hopkins, so the vacated targets on the Houston Texans is 167 vacated targets. Is that the most so far, Craig? Out of all of our teams, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that and one fifty, I think, came from Hopkins alone. Yep, one fifty, I think, by itself would be the most. Yeah, it would be <laughs> right. Okay, um, <laughs> so that they still have guys like Duke Johnson, Will Fuller, Kenny Stills, Kiki Coutier, you know, Atkins and Fells at tight end. Um, they got rid of Carlos Hyde, which was you know he had a two hundred forty five carries last year, over a thousand yards. They got rid of DeAndre Hopkins, of course, but they're bringing David Johnson. Randall Cobb and Brandon Cooks. So that's three players that are pretty injury prone, but there's a lot of targets to go around there. Um, do I think David Johnson can get 245 targets um, rushing attempts this season? I think so, if it's 16 games, but that's a big if. I mean, what do you guys think? Yeah, I. I well, he has to stay healthy for 200. 50 some odd carries you know he has to be healthy for the 245 that carlos Hyde left behind um and it, you know just looking at it from a, I, I mean i'd rather talk about running backs right than anything else so just like my thoughts on david johnson if he does even get the 245 attempts that carlos Hyde left i don't know he's going to be as effective as carlos Hyde. and carlos Hyde was very inefficient very ineffective i mean he had a thousand yards and six tvs but 4.3 yards of carry. I mean, that's not what you want from a team. And you got a guy who's already quitting, you know, in Arizona. I don't know. I mean, they run a they run a zone blocking scheme. So there's a potential that you could see a David Johnson resurgence. But I'm not going to bet on that at all. I, I mean, I this is – the Houston Texans are morons. I just I, – I don't agree with anything that they've done. I don't see any optimism in the in the offense at all. I, uh, I truly think they're going to do kind of what the Patriots did a few years ago with Sony and James White, and even last year to an extent, is just use Duke Johnson almost as the James White role. You saw him last year. He had 62 targets, 44 catches, averaged over nine yards a catch. That's James James White. If you can bump him up and grab some of that vacated target share, bump him to 95 targets, you could see this guy have a fantastic season just catching the ball. And if you can kind of sprinkle him into the run game. Rush attempts too. Because I, would, I would agree 100%. If DJ misses any games, right. there's really no one else behind them. Yeah. Yep. And I just think they're going to limit David Johnson to the running work and say, don't worry about the passes. We got a guy for that. Yeah, yeah. I think so too. Yeah, I was going to say, if there's if there's any like sleeper hidden gem on this team, it is Duke Johnson. Um, because as we kind of talked about with the wide receivers, even they're all injury prone too. So, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked to see Duke Johnson in the slot. Lead a team in, in targets. <laughs> He's got 150 targets, Duke Johnson. I mean – I, I mean, let's talk about Deshaun Watson for a second, um, just because I think people's perspective of Deshaun Watson is still that he's a top five quarterback, top ten quarterback. Um, and we're talking about redoing our rankings and re-releasing them now every Friday. 
I, I don't know that I can say Deshaun Watson's top 10 quarterback without DeAndre Hopkins. Top 10? Yeah. See, I think he's top 10. I think he's st- I think he sticks top five if half of these guys stay healthy, because I think he's that talented where he can he can make people good around him. Um, he is that rookie tight end Warring last year who was you know a second round pick. He was hurt all last year. He can c- come in maybe make a splash. They still have Jordan Atkins, Darren Fells, but with Will Fuller, Cobb, and Brandon Cooks, if they can stay healthy part of the year each of them I, I think Watson is still top five but again that's a big if with all these receivers yeah and I think if you're talking pure talent like I think we'd all put Deshaun Watson in our top five but we're talking fantasy here I'm sorry, yeah, yeah. Fantasy. and fantasy yeah. the weapons around you matter the system you're in matters the sh- terrible coach you have matters like all of those things drag Watson down and I think Scott's right I think he's going to elevate the, play- the players around him but how high can he elevate them is, is the question we, on a team that's likely going to be playing from behind a lot of the time a team that might be looking to run the ball a little bit more than pass it and if you know god forbid half his receiving core goes down which they've all been very uh prone to do in their careers who's he gonna throw to you know will fuller and, and kenny stills go down what, what do you got left you just got randall cobb and brandon cooks and those guys will probably go down too but cooks is already down yeah cooks point. has been down already He's got, <laughs> With a, he had his uh, fifth mm, concussion yeah and uh randall cobb probably pulled his hamstring like getting out of his car so yeah, there's there's just a lot of risk all around this team, and and, and for, in my opinion, I'm staying away. I don't I don't have Cooks, or Cobb, or Fuller, or st- maybe Fuller, on my board. You know, for for who I'm drafting, um, mind you, I know I, I would still have Deshaun Watson on there because I think that you know with a little bit of the you know run game kind of gone, and with David Johnson, if he does not succeed, then you know, Deshaun Watson is going to have to take many games into his hand, and he's going to have to make some plays that on the ground that he wouldn't normally. Well, um, and you even saw last year, 82 rush attempts, 413 yards, seven touchdowns. That's right. huge out of yeah. quarterback position. Those are, those are good numbers, and, and, it, and it can only go, go up, I yeah. think, with, with the way that they have the team structured right now. So, I mean, if Will Fuller also stays healthy, that's always someone that we've, we've always seen his – Touchdown to catch rate is, His is 40 unreal, point game so. going to a two point game. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it, 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 he he could. He, he will not. He won't keep. He won't keep that up. And yeah. and he. I mean, I think I feel like all of us here can guarantee that there's going to be missed games by these wide receivers. I I don't know any wide receiver that has been a burner that has stayed healthy the entire season or hasn't had some sort of nagging injury. You know, and, and maybe that's why they brought in Kenny Stills. You know, and you have three burners now. You got Cooks, Fuller, and Kenny Stills, and they can interchangeably uh, fit for each other. Um, I mean, Reynolds Cobb's contract. Each is, other. Reynolds Cobb's contract is pretty high this year, so I think they. I don't know why. <laughs> and so nine million a year over three years. Three years. Twenty yeah. what? Twenty guarantees? Some crazy number guaranteed. Well, let's not forget too. Deshaun Watson's base of his game is is the West Coast offense, and and he's going to want to pass it around the 10-yard line a lot. Um, and that's what Randall Cobb does best and Kenny Stills does best. And then just opening the you know, passing game up with Cooks and Fuller, it will be able to give them that ability, a little bit more space. So in theory, it could work. But obviously with the injuries that will happen, um, they're going to have a lot of uh, interchanging parts. And I just don't trust that Bill O'Brien will be able to figure that out on the fly. Seeing how he traded DeAndre Hopkins for, but then he David brought Jones. in Brennan Cooks. Yeah, right. that doesn't <laughs> for only a couple million anything. dollars less. Doesn't <laughs> justify know. anything. Um, uh. All right, so what? Uh, one thing that I do find interesting: DeAndre Hopkins had seven TDs last year. Darren Fells had seven TDs last year. I would think a couple of those TDs that Hopkins had go to Fells in the red zone. Um, I mean, how do we feel about Darren Fells as a tight end? You I'm know, a little, like a streaming yeah, option I mean, or... Him really last year, he was an undrafted guy. I mean, even Jordan Atkins had a game or two. Streaming option, sure. Um, right. Draft, just, just draft this guy and start him week one? No. F- fuck no. Yeah, yeah I mean, so that's, that's the thing. <laughs> How do you really like, feel about it, Scott? <laughs> you, you, you would want to think that – because they do like to get the tight ends involved because there's around 100 <coughs> targets for them last year. But that's over two of them. And Kali Waring is a guy that I do know that they they want to get on the field. So 
having three tight ends kind of sub in and out. And we've always seen this with the Texans. They never had just one number one tight end that it's just going to be hard to pick one for fantasy. Those seven touchdowns that Fells had, you know, are great on paper, but I just don't see that continuing. When you talk about their, their touchdown to reception conversion rate, we say the same thing about Will Fuller. Like, Fells would struggle to keep that up. Seven TDs on 34 catches. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's insane. That's an insane <laughs> well, rate. Exactly. And it's just red zone targets. I mean, it's, that, right. it's strictly well, it's that. Like Ten yards Ron a catch. I mean, that's kind of player. Yeah. Yeah. Which... Again, like we talk about with tight ends, it's it's all about the touchdown. Oh, so, it literally I mean, is, even, right. even the touchdown to catch it. I'm not too concerned about the tight ends, but I, I do agree. Because I think at, at the end of the day, what we try and do with each of these teams is sum up what fantasy options are even available. And I think that we can all say Deshaun Watson from a quarterback perspective, David Johnson, you know, if you're desperate, uh, but he's not a guy that you want to target. And then I would say that Duke Johnson's kind of a, a – mid to back end draft guy to potentially keep your eye on like i'm willing to be wrong about these wide receivers like i'm 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 willing to allow them to blow up on somebody else's team because i don't want to inherit that risk like to me the risk isn't worth it if i can get in late as a bench dash yes but i think fuller and cooks are going back to back adp 35 and 36 Mm -hmm. as of right now that's a wide receiver three right uh or a flex play um, and, and I don't want that from them right now. Okay. I And I agree with that. Um, I don't know, Craig Dows, if you guys have any other opinions on, on them. If, if you're not, drafting a Texan, the... good luck. <laughs> that's, my, that's my roundup on this team. <laughs> there, there's a lot of what-ifs. There's so <laughs> many what-ifs. Because, like you said, with the amount of vacated targets, right. 167. And could some and hit, of course, but I don't know how you project that with right. all these injury-prone I mean, guys. One so one thing just to keep in mind, right? They ran. Oh, where's the number of plays that they ran? The total number of offensive touches was seven hundred eighty-nine. Right. One. That's so. That's middle of the pack. Right. You know, just about middle of the pack. There's a good chance that number decreases. So even those one hundred and sixty-seven vacated targets, there might just be yep. fifty of them that evaporate. You know, and they oh, either yeah. get turned into rushing attempts or they just can't do the plays because they're turning the ball over every, you know. <laughs> they have no wide receivers because yeah. they're all hurt. David Johnson's hurt. Bill O'Brien's running. I don't know. Bill O'Brien's a moron. Anyway, uh, you want to talk about Titans? Yeah, so the Tennessee Titans are next. Uh, they were 9-7 and seven last year. Mike Vrabel's the head coach. This is his third year coming up. And the office of corners is the same person as last year as Arthur Smith, which uh, made Derrick Henry, you know, pretty good last year. Pretty, that, pretty good. Right. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Um, Ryan Tannehill, you know, Dows, you can take Tannehill because, you know, he, yeah, he, he's your boy. Showed up, played 12 games, took over from Mariota. Mariota's no longer on the team. The reason for that, Tannehill is nasty. Um, <laughs> no, but Does I mean, the league know that <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. <so. laughs> but I mean, 201 completions on 286 attempts, 70. percent That's one of the higher in the league that we've talked about to this point, and we've talked about some you know pretty above average quarterbacks. Even Deshaun Watson was at sitting at 67. Uh, percent 2700 yards through 12 games. It's not like he was shy about throwing the ball uh, over 200 yards a game. Um, showed a little bit with his feet. I don't, don't want to say anything to write home about, but a couple TDs showed that he's still got some athleticism that the uh, Dolphins didn't know how to use. I think he looks to build on last year. Um, maybe, again, this is essentially a career resurgence, so I would go back to look at like the same way we talk about a sophomore slump with a lot of um, quarterbacks. But Tannehill's been in the league long enough that he should be well aware of the existence of such a cliff, and he, I think he'll aim to avoid it. He's got the talent around him with Derrick Henry and uh, some of the weapons outside, so wouldn't be surprised to see him finish in QB, not QB1 overall, but QB1 ter- territory wouldn't, sh- wouldn't shock me. Yeah, I think his ADP right now is fringe back-end QB1, yeah. early QB2, right. so, I mean, that could be a nice shocking bet. Does he finish top 12? Yeah. Well, would... we, already get, we already have one. On we Tannehill? Have, we have one, that, yeah. Well, it was, it's Tannehill versus Wentz. Oh, perfect. Yeah. You and Craig have <laughs> oh, Dan Hill and Scotty and I have Wentz. Carson Wentz. All right. <laughs> and that's also but, with a shot of mule sauce. Oh. We'll forget to later. <laughs> Whoa, no. <laughs> Change of the bet. I the the thing that I like about Tannehill is he's just effective. Like he just takes what they give him and 
22 TDs on six interceptions. I mean, this is a team that I really don't expect to run that many plays. Um, and if anything, a majority of it's going to Derrick Henry. But I think that Tannehill's a, a good quarterback. We kind of talked about this in our draft. Like, in our in our draft, that SWB league or whatever, that podcaster yep. league, where we kind of got screwed and we're like, all right, you know what, we're kind of at the back end of the, the quarterbacks. We know Tannehill, we know what Tannehill is. You know, why don't we take him and pair him with, a, like, a Joe Burrow who we think is going to have a lot of upside yeah, you know, I think Tannehill fits that role. I mean, I'm not as high on him as maybe Dowses, but I, I still think that he's a startable every week. Fantasy player, yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's the – not trying to say he's Alex Smith, but in a fantasy-wise purpose, he's he's going to give you the 10 to 15 at least a week with, you know, he can give you a 22 right. yeah. with a big A.J. Brown game here and there. Yeah, and I think another big thing that we've not talked about is he's returning – almost all of the weapons that he actually used. I mean, he's losing Dion Lewis. Who cares? You know, Tajay Sharp, Delaney Walker, and Darius Jennings. Okay, sweet. I mean, yeah. Delaney Walker's probably the biggest name that you worry about losing, and he was hurt the almost the whole season last year, and Johnny Smith is better. So, I mean, yeah, so when, it, it, especially with no camp, it helps to return your whole offense. I mean, that's, that's a huge consistency right. thing. Yep. Yeah, this team was also very efficient. Glaring number to me that I saw that they, they ranked – uh, second to last or third to last in touches, but still managed to have 12th most in offensive yards of scrimmage. So they're just extremely efficient. And with that 70% completion percentage, it also shows the same thing. Like Ryan Tannehill may not be pretty, but he's going to get you numbers and stats because he's a smart court. He's playing smart quarterback play right now. Right. Finally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. During a few years. It's Gase's fault. Yeah, oh, it's always Gase's fault. It's always Gase's fault. <laughs> you always I mean, yeah. We'll still have a podcast coming up all about Gase. But um, in uh, for this team, there's 103 vacated targets. And like Dow said, a lot of the teams, the important players in the team are, are coming back with, you know, besides Lewis Sharp, Walker. But, I mean, that's a big bump right there for Jonu Smith, A.J. Brown. I mean, there's targets there. Corey Davis is, of course, going to get his. But who knows what he's going to be this year. But... Um, I know Dow's you're you're pretty high in John o. Smith uh, yeah this season big time I mean 35 last year 35 receptions on 44 targets that's a almost 80 percent catch rate so that's fantastic then you take the let's see 21 catches on 31 targets that Delaney had though if those go directly to the tight end position John o. could be in line for a 70 target 50 catch season maybe get up to like 750 yards and I mean touchdowns are hard to predict but the guy does all of that. And then you also saw him break off a few huge runs last year. I mean, he's just a freak athlete. And you see him, you know, jump, like hurdling people left and right and taking tight end jet sweeps, like stuff that you don't see out of the tight end position all the time. So, yeah, I'm pretty high on him. One could say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, and, and I, we talk about the vacated targets, but, like, this is a good thing, right, that they're losing these targets and they didn't bring anything in because all of these players, from a real-world perspective for the, the Titans – you want to be putting the ball in their hands. So these are, you know, what they're losing, the Deion Lewis, Sharp, Walker, Jennings targets that they're losing are good. You know, it they were wasted targets. You know, they didn't; those guys didn't do anything for the team. And Delaney Walker had, you know, a couple of TDs. So, again, I like Jonu Smith simply for the fact that if everything goes directly to Jonu, like you had said, you're looking at a, at a decent little uh, tight end. But A.J. Brown. Let's let's touch on. Oh wait, should we talk about Derrick Henry? Uh, Derrick Henry is going to do Derrick Henry things. I mean, yeah, do I mean, we need to say anything else? Leading but. rusher last year, I think they're going to take a little rushing attempts away from him because they yeah. signed with that huge four-year contract. So you know, maybe pump the brakes a bit, but the offense is focused around him, and we saw that in, in the playoffs last year. Yeah, and you could drop Derrick Henry down to two hundred fifty attempts, vacate Dean loses fifty ship those right to Darrington Evans and there's a hundred touches for him on the ground right there. Not to mention the passing work he can, you know, more than capably handle. So they could both have big years. Yeah. And I mean, let's, let's remember Tannehill came in and subbed in for Mariota, right? So there was four games already where Tannehill wasn't even on the field and Tennessee had no other option but to go, oh, look at this shitty quarterback we have. Let's just run it with our monster running back. So when you get 16 games of Tannehill and 16 games of Derrick Henry, I don't 
think you see the 303 rushing attempts that he had. But over 1,200 yards, 10 TDs, I mean, those are all... Yeah. And that's in 15 games, too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 and so, he, missed, he missed one. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think that was due to injury, though. I think, didn't they just, like... They were, they were kind of... He was kind of hurt, but they were saving him. Yeah, to go into the playoffs. Um, yeah. I, I want to get back to A.J. Brown. We're going to talk about A.J. Brown. Because I think, yeah. I think Derrick Henry's a lock, like, right. top five running back for all the top eight running back... But A.J. Brown is the guy that I think is going to be interesting because this is a guy who truly has the potential to go up over the 150 target mark. And what does he do? If he gets 150 yeah. targets, what's he do with it? So so that's what, I was, that's what I was seeing. So he had 84 targets last year and hauled in 52 receptions. So granted, the actual you know catch percentage is not that great, but that will go up because it'll be his sophomore year. And what he did with it was get over 1,000 yards last year. So he finished second in the league of all receivers last year for yards per reception. The guy was a beast. And if he is able to get 150 targets, you're talking about a guy in the range of like 1,500, at least for what he did last year, would be like 1,500 receiving yards. That's nuts. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that'll happen. No, I don't think it'll happen. But, <laughs> but you, <laughs> I was like, you, Drake, you just put him in number one. You just asked me what he would do maybe. with 150 targets. And no, that's right. what would yes. happen. And he's not going to get that. He'll probably get over 100 targets, uh, I, would, I would say, you know, with, with some of the vacated ones <laughs> and the fact that he did also, uh, I would say, come on a little bit later for the fact that Mariota was starting and Tannehill wasn't starting until... Well, he was a rookie last year, too. Well, no, I know, but yeah. what I'm saying is he started off slow because Mari- Mariota did. And so you got to really take what he did last year, even though it says he played 16 games, but most of his production came in the 12 games that Tannehill played. Uh, yeah, well, he wasn't seeing a lot of meaningful snaps until towards the end of the season. And and that's that's my biggest thing with A.J. Brown is that his stat line that you're seeing, it was even though it says it's a 16-game sample size, I mean, he might have seen five snaps week one and then eight snaps right. the next week. Like, he really wasn't on the field. He was really started getting on the field towards the middle to the end of the season. He had 20 yards of reception. I don't think that'll keep up. But eight touchdowns, I mean, that seems like a f- – Fair number, yeah. eight to ten touchdowns on the on the season with maybe eighty five catches and eleven hundred yards. It's and, a, I don't know. Is that top ten receiver? I feel like maybe it is. I don't so know the, right now, our rank is right outside, right outside wide receiver one, right. and that's only going to go up because both Scott and Corey have them sitting around seventeen, eighteen. So that has to go up, guys. Yeah, we'll think I think I, I think I might be a little high on. You're it's nine. Have, you haven't met nine. Been a while. Yeah, which I think is might be a little. Well, I mean, we'll re-release those rankings. I don't know. I I, I, uh, I like to stay hard on what I already have. Oh, <laughs> you're so hard. I'm like the Tom Brady of fantasy football. Craig's you're looking. the Tom Brady of boners. <laughs> <laughs> Craig's, Craig's looking that, at Corey Davis' I will gladly <laughs> take that. I want that written on my gravestone. <laughs> All right, so uh, Corey Davis. This is his last year of his contract, so it's make or break for him. This yeah, is the year he, mean, he has to do something. If he wants like another decent contract, yeah, right for sure. I mean, he can, oh yeah, if you, so he'll he'll latch his, on somewhere, but it won't be will, anywhere good. It's his final chance. Like, yeah, can he break out this year? I mean, I don't know. I don't think so. No, but I do think that he has the talent to do it. I just don't know why he hasn't put it together. He looks good <laughs> catching routes before the game. Because <laughs> Mariota was his quarterback. I, I was gonna. I was just time. gonna say like Mariota was his quarterback, so we do have to give him that slack. But I mean. We've talked about in the past that, you know, backup quarterbacks with backup wide receivers always thrive. And, I mean, maybe Tannehill and A.J. Brown just have their thing, and Corey Davis is an odd man out because he's been tied to Mariota for the past three years. Yeah, and, and not having camp this year, again, this is another thing that's going to hurt Corey Davis. Or not, maybe it's not going to hurt him, but it's not going to help him. Exactly. Yeah. He's a prime candidate to break many fantasy football players' hearts again. Again, oh, yeah. for fourth year in a for row. For fourth year in a row, because people just want that. There's a, oh, late, there's, there's another reason. Oh, hey, there's yep. another reason that he might put it together this year. I mean, I'm looking at it. I want this guy again. He had 69 targets last year. That's nice. it. Let's go. Let's, let's go. <laughs> but 43 catches, I mean, second place on the team in receptions. That, that's a decent indicator that he's at least getting the ball, but his catch rate down at 62.32%. I guess that's higher than A.J. Brown, actually, so I don't really know where I'm going with this anymore since I just looked at that stat. Okay, (laughs) so so let me – there's going to be a week where we probably suggest starting Corey Davis when you're in bye week hell, and he has a good matchup. Like, I would not draft Corey Davis to start him. 
But if you get him in the 15th round, maybe take a shot. This is what I, I personally see what he does week one. But. No, but like he's a decent last round guy. See what he does week one. Oh, he breaks out. He'll be cool. better than Randall Cobb. Oh, he's never. Can we agree he's to never going to have a good trade. Who knows? Value. I mean, the, with the injuries, <laughs> and yeah, I don't know. Houston, I mean, Cobb That's could true. be the you know. Yeah, well, Cobb's also one of the injury thing. ones. <laughs> um, but no, <laughs> I, I, I just think Davis is never going to have good trade value. Even if you were to draft him, he blew up. You couldn't sell him. I bet. Oh, even yeah, Still, even if he had everyone a big knows like, first, he, yeah. Yeah. He, he has had those big games. He could have a know. big first four weeks, and you could still couldn't sell him because you're like, ah, I know about this guy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> he, a trick. He, he needs to have a big consecutive <laughs> 16 weeks so you can sell him the next year. <laughs> um, all right, let's move on to the Colts. All right, the Colts. Do we, have, do we have anything – sorry, we have anything else about Tennessee we want to talk about? I think we're good. No. Yeah, Tennessee. Uh, yeah, I guess – well, question for you. How do you think they do this year as a whole, as a team? I mean, they were 9-7 nine, last year. I would yeah, say I they win the division this 10 year. 10-6, and 11-5. I, I would yeah. think they win the division. I mean, well. Houston, I think they yeah. surpass them Yeah, if yeah. they stay healthy. I mean – I mean, you saw what they did in the playoffs last yeah, year. Yeah, they, they surpassed they, them last year. Yeah, they beat the Patriots. They what, beat four the of those, Ravens. That, yeah, they beat, they beat the Ravens. Yeah. yeah. So, and four of those losses didn't they go zero and four to start the season before they made the switch to Tannehill? Yeah. So I mean, like, really, Tannehill went. It's again, it's nine a very, three. very efficient yeah. team, yeah. both on offense and defense. Yeah, I think they win the division. It's a do. smart I mean, NFL team. This next team, though, the Colts, with the uh, yeah. little Phil Rivies there. Yeah, talk about, Might be a little different. Talk about your little um, Philip Rivies. So the Colts went seven and nine last season, with you know the the random Andrew Luck retirement out of left field. Probably the biggest shock. Feels like a kick in the balls Ever. every time I hear about it. Ever and Tom, I'm sorry, and I, I you you had him in in a lot of leagues in dynasty leagues too. So thirty dollars or sixty dollars, how much it was? It was Team is gonna be yeah yeah it was pretty good. <laughs> Anyways, um. <laughs> Frank Wright is still the head coach. This is his third year. And um, how do you pronounce it, Craig? Nick Sirianni? 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 I'm not the grammar guy. That's Dow's. Uh, I'm, I'm sticking with Sirianni. Sirianni. Uh, yeah, it's definitely – you got to say it like that, though. <laughs> Sirianni is the office coordinator for the third year. So uh, both are their third years. Um, the coach that yells really fast. Hey, Jacoby Brissett. So Jacoby Brissett is no longer the quarterback there. Uh, they bring Phil Rivers, uh, of course, he's been with the Chargers forever, and he's also like 38 years old, but I think he's a better quarterback than Jacoby Brissett ever will be. Sorry, Dows. Um, <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? I definitely agree with you right now. Right. I don't know about yeah. ever. But <laughs> ever, 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 ever. Uh, I mean, that's the biggest change of this. I mean, Jonathan Taylor being uh, drafted by them is a massive change because Marlon Mack was lead back last year injury prone guy he can't catch the ball they draft Jonathan Taylor in the early second round um for fantasy I think it's great I mean, well for the team I think it's great for fantasy I think it's it's a cluster to start the season um with him Mack and Hines and still Jordan Wilkins there um I'm not sure who takes the reins to start but I'm thinking Jonathan Taylor at some point in the season will take that role over Marlon Mack. But if Marlon Mack stays healthy, who says it's not like a two-headed backfield with Hines catching balls out of the, on, the, on the third down? Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say this is Mack's last year. I don't know what his actual contract status is, but I feel like he's fairly young. That I don't think he comes back next year. I think this is his last year of his contract. On this team. So I would say that... The Colts could use that mentality like, okay, well, let's use them while we have them. Um, but Taylor is the future running back here on this team. And, you know, that's a, a, I don't want to keep saying the same thing, but I also agree with you that he will take over at certain points. But Hines is also going to get that receiving work. Taylor is not going to get any of that this year, really. So what's, what's this percentage? 65. Okay. That was Jonathan Taylor's catch rate in college. People think that he's not a pass catching back because they didn't give him opportunity to showcase that he can catch the ball. He caught the ball sixty five percent of the time. Well, no, I'm saying that Naheem Hines I is is a really really good yes. receiver of the football. So that's why, not because Taylor can't, right. but because they have a much better back to do so. 
Yeah, he's he's good in pass protection, which is the biggest thing. Right. Offense. I mean, look at it, two years ago, he was I think he was fourth in the league um, in in running back receptions, and this is something that Philip Rivers loves to do is pass to them. I was just going to say that you're going to see somebody, and I'm not sure which one it's going to be. Naheem Hines, Taylor, definitely not going to be Mac. We know that. Um, even Jordan Wilkins maybe could pop up, but somebody's going to be that new Austin Eckler role that Rivers has loved for his whole career. And even Melvin Gordon caught a lot of balls too. But I was, I was yeah, yeah. Carry on. I mean, if I, Mac wasn't there, I think it's a Taylor and Hines. Oh, Hines. Yeah. It's, a, it's a dream Galore. scenario. Mac is With the one really just line, whew, you know but throwing Mac the, is there. the wrench into it. I mean, 247 rush attempts is nothing to laugh at, and he missed two games. So, I mean, he could have easily been on pace for 300 touches last year. Now, I mean, Taylor can come in and take 100, 150 of those. Then maybe they both have decent years, but one of them needs an injury to the other one to be anywhere near RB1 and probably even RB2, RB2. you know, category or territory for that. So, I mean, if it's Dynasty, Jonathan Taylor, great pick all day long. If you're in redraft, I'm not buying into anybody in this backfield. See, it's too dicey. I actually kind of disagree in a way only because of their offensive line. In that I'm actually not scared to touch this backfield. I think the one I'm most scared to touch is Marlon Mack, um, but they're there's they're going to run it. It's it, it's a Philip Rivers led offense. Like they're going to uh, whether it's three running backs or two run the ball a lot, and I think that they're going to be very successful at it. Um, e- even when Mack was hobbled, pretty much he had 4.4 yards a carry, which isn't you know fantastic, but it's you know at least respectable. My my concern is just like they played fifteen or well sixteen games. Jacoby Brissett played fifteen games last year at quarterback for this team, and they didn't check it down to the running back as much as I mean I know Philip Rivers loves to do it, but you would say you know panicky quarterback on his first team as a starter. You know I mean what he started one game for the Patriots, but his first real season as a starting quarterback, you see these guys check the ball down to their running back to their safety valve a lot. And I mean forty four catches for Naheem Hines and a running back what forty. Running back 44 finish. Like, I don't see that getting so, so much better with a quarterback who can actually throw the ball down the field like Phil Rivers can. So, I mean, like, I know he likes to do it, but will he even have to if he has T.Y. Hilton wide open on the outside all, all day long? No, no, I, under, sure. I understand. I, I still see, though, that uh, with Frank Reich is also someone that came over from Philadelphia where they had Darren Sproles for so long. Like, that is something that he wants to do. There's a reason that they use Naheem Hines. He was a very late-round running back. It's not like he was someone that they needed to play because of the capital they drafted on. He, he's just a good player in a, in a spot where he's had 529 receiving yards last year, which, yeah, I mean, he had 44 receptions rather than the, you know, 80-some-odd ones he did last year or two years ago, but 529 receiving yards from a running back is still really, really good. Yeah, I, I – so – I'm not I'm not afraid to touch this backfield only because I believe in Jonathan Taylor. Like I really think that day one, Jonathan Taylor's the starter. I don't think that there's any competition on the field. Yeah, Naheem Hines might end up with anywhere between eighty to seventy targets, but if they're in the red zone, if they're in that twenty yard line, I don't see how Naheem Hines is on the field over Jonathan Taylor. And that's where Melvin Gordon was doing his damage. I mean, last two years Melvin Gordon had eight receiving touchdowns with Phillip Rivers. So I, I think it's more plausible to see Jonathan Taylor being more valuable in the passing game strictly because he's going to be in those positions to get those fantasy points than Naheem Hines would be. Like, Naheem Hines, yeah, he might have something, but from a fantasy perspective, I don't know that it's really a guy that you can trust. And there's no way in my mind that all three of these backs are involved. Like, I, I really don't think that the Colts drafted Jonathan Taylor to ease him in and allow him to take over Mac. I think they know that he's going to take over Mac. I think it's coach speak when they say it's a one-two punch. So I'm fine going in on Jonathan Taylor. I, I would if you're not going in on Jonathan Taylor, I wouldn't touch this backfield at all. Like it, there's just too many question marks there because on top of that, th- I mean this offense resembles San Diego a bit, right? Because you have Ty Hilton, then you have big body Mike Pitt, uh, Michael Pittman that just got brought in who. I don't see how he's not on the field day one. So you potentially had two two rookies on the field day one with Phillip Rivers. And, I mean, really, to all intents and purposes, Phillip Rivers, I think he's kind of hit that gunslinger, you know, in his career where he's just kind of like, well, let me talk some shit to some defensive linemen and throw a touchdown. It's like, <laughs> like fuck this. Oh, he's never going to be worried about chucking the ball, like, at, at all. Never has been, never will be. He's 
one of the leaders in interceptions every year for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's Pippen, but there's also Zach Pascal and Paris Campbell. Paris Campbell was a big rookie last year. Missed a lot of games, again, with Brissett, who's not the greatest passer. I mean, I think Campbell takes a, a step up, too. Pippen might, but, like, it's kind of a crowded wide receiving core as it is because even Pascal had some games last year as well. Um, again, Rivers has not thrown to any of these guys before, so it's not – no one's set in stone, I think, besides T.Y. Hilton. And, I mean, I think Campbell takes a step up this year over Pittman, at least to start the season. I mean, Pittman could overtake him, but I think to start the season, I think Campbell's a safer bit. And lest we forget that Jack Doyle and Trey Burton are still there as well. I mean, And Jack Doyle is a sneaky tight end because mm-hmm. you, we've seen Rivers with tight ends the last 20 years. I mean, he yep. makes them relevant. And Doyle is the starting tight end there. I mean, Mohamed Cox is there, but he's he, he's nothing. Yeah, he's it, a big body guy that 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 just falls forward. That is a really good point about the tight ends because I remember drafting Antonio Gates when he was like thirty six years old. And he, he, was like, he was still a top eight guy. Like he scored ten touchdowns. He came like out of retirement yards. and still yeah, a top eight guy. It's actually that's, so. That's a good point. Um, would you would you draft Paris Campbell or Zach Pascal? No, no. Those are guys I'd look to pick up if they were hanging around. Well, you were yeah. just saying that you think that Campbell might take a step forward. I think he might. I mean, again, I say this about all these guys. Is, well, fucking make up your mind. So, no, no. Like, <laughs> he is a fantastic – if you have a pick last – very last round. He might get taken before, depending on the league. The very last round, Yeah, I don't mind taking the guy, depending who's on the board still, and see what he does week one. Or like Dow said – Keep this guy on your radar. Don't draft him because in a lot of leagues, a guy like Campbell, Pittman, a lot of the rookie butter receivers aren't going to be drafted regardless. He, so. he is and was, in my belief, drafted to be a T.Y. Hilton backup or replacement when he gets hurt. He runs the exact same way. He is a burner, a straightforward burner. He's not really much of a shifty guy. He does, you know, he did play um, nearly all of his – his snaps in the slot last year. Um, and that's something that, you know, could be the difference maker between him and Pittman because I don't see Pittman doing that. Um, but I, I, I see obviously it going up with him only playing half a season last year. But being fantasy relevant, it's interesting. I don't know. Maybe maybe another year. New quarterback again, so I'm not sure. But Yeah, and that could be one of those things where it's just who who – you know, does Philip Rivers gel with a little bit easier? And with no camp, though, that's going to make it even more difficult for you to try and find All any of receivers. these other receivers right. in in an offense. I mean, it's it's T. Y. Hilton, um, and just real quick. So there's 118 v- vacated targets. They brought in Trey Burton. So you had mentioned Jack Doyle being a sneaky tight end. He's more familiar in the offense. So I don't think that there's a way that Trey Burton can become fantasy relevant i don't know if you guys have any other thoughts on that but i mean mean, that's how i i feel like he's just a failed tight end at this point i would i would think so too but i mean indy has in the last two years you know supported two tight ends um maybe not so much for fantasy i don't want to jump too far ahead on that but um they always do use two tight ends okay all right do we need to say anything else about these guys before um i do think if there's any team that that gives Tennessee a run for the division. It's the Colts. It's the Colts. Yeah, yeah it's definitely. Those, I totally agree. Those games could be gross. So I think it, it's <laughs> it going to be, be like Titans, Colts, <laughs> right there, Texans, and then at the very bottom is this uh, Jacksonville Jaguars team. And the first pick in the 2021 draft. <laughs> oh, wait. They might not have that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. There are very. Tri- uh, yeah, oh. seriously. But there are, there are very few redeeming qualities about this Jaguars team. Yeah, I so mean, across the board, this is the fourth team in this uh, Jacksonville in this AFC South. Um, Tom, can I get a Bud Light? Do you have an extra one? Yeah. All right, thank you. Um, so Jacksonville went to uh, six and ten last year. Doug Marone still still the same coach there. This is his fourth year coming up. Jay Gruden um, coming from you know the. Um, the, the creepy uh, Redskins <laughs> prostitution team. Um, so this is his first year as offensive 
coordinator. Well, he ran such a high-flying offense there. He makes sense why the Jags would want to bring him in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Psych. All right. Uh, anyway. All right. Comparison between Minshew and his mustache and then Jay Gruden comes in. <laughs> so Jacksonville was the worst team in the division last year. They're going to be the worst division team in the division this year. Um, mainly because I know you guys love this guy, but Gardner Minshew. He I is, do not love this guy. He, he, oh, I love He Gardner is not Minshew. a starting quarterback in the NFL. And Tom, what take it away. What are you talking about? He, he is his, literally the reason we still have to there, hear about Colin Kaepernick. There are so many backups in the league that are way better than him. Listen, he's an NFL starting quarterback slash porn star. <laughs> How do you not love this I guy? Think, I just think I you have your slashes mixed around. I think he's a porn star slash NFL quarterback. He's, he's meant. Oh, yeah. He's okay. Meant, <laughs> that's fine. He's meant for Florida. I'm all right with Slash that. Florida man. Yeah. It's he's, perfect. But no, I mean, he's not. He's just not a good quarterback. He's, I, what are you talking He's about? not the worst, but I mean, it sucks with, with with the talent he has with the receivers on his team that, that you know, he's got DJ Chark, who took a huge step last year. Craig, thank you. Dart throw. You heard that in the Quarterback intro. whisperer. Wide receiver. Wide receiver. Whisper. Same thing? Yeah. <laughs> but, sure. but there's an argument to be made that Gardner Minshew – was Shark a rookie last year? No, it was a sophomore year. Yeah, I mean, sophomore. it's there's an argument to be made that Gardner Minshew helped DJ Shark get to that point. I well, mean, DJ Shark's – The first pass the Jacksonville Jaguars had last year was Nick Foles to DJ Shark for a 60-yard touchdown. That might have been the like best Gardner pass Minshew. of the entire – season. Their entire was team. That That's, pass was so good. Because my, my favorite part about was, you know, it was a dart throw, literally shot in the dark. Let's just pick a receiver. Shot the shark. And it, it <laughs> fir, first game of the season, I see him go for a touch, and I'm like, I already hit. Yep. <laughs> it's like, all right, it, it, if he gets hurt now, Craig already won. I still and, already and, in, in his rookie season, too, right? I remember Gardner Minshew comes in and he says, I'm playing on borrowed time. I'm just out here. I'm cutting loose. I'm throwing the ball. I don't care what happens. I'm going to live it up while I'm here. Now he's coming in as an actual starting quarterback in the second year, and I expect to see him take a panicky step back because he's going to say, I have a job to lose now. I'm actually the starting quarterback of this football team, and he's going to be seeing ghosts out there. He's going to be in his own head. I don't see him having anywhere near the confidence he had last year because he's not going to be out there just having fun. He's going to be out there trying to be an NFL quarterback and just – Overwhelmed by the pressure. I mean, who's the other quarterback on the team? Oh, you mean Logan Cook, the punter? No, it's um, <laughs> no, it's, a, it's a rookie, Jake, Jake Lutton. Lutton. They so, they, I mean, they are throwing him to the wolves because they know, as an organization, that they do need to be bad. They got rid of all of their defensive they, players. They had the best defense three years ago. Yeah, and now and somehow they just screwed up. This this is not a team you draft as. I mean, Jalen Ramsey pouted his way off the team. And then they but shipped out a handful of other. That was ownership too. Like, yeah. like, like, there's a reason why that. Yeah. AJ Bouay is gone. Like, Paris Campbell, not Paris Campbell. Um, Clay's Campbell. Clay's Campbell. Um, I mean, they still got Ngakwe and uh, Josh Allen, the defensive end. Josh Allen. For now. For now. But yeah, I mean, they're not they're not going to have a world beating defense, which means that other teams are going to score points against them, which means that Gardner Minshew is going to have to throw the ball. And Leonard Fournette's probably not going to have 265 touches and uh, 76 catches, and that I mean he very well might not be on the team. So there's a lot of there's a lot of question marks first of all, and there's a lot of uh, very bad harbingers of future doom uh, looming over this team. Before we get to the running backs, harbingers of future doom. I know you like Minshew. It's a fantasy. So I I mean you kind of rebuttal what me and Dow said. If you want to, I I mean I think it's I think it's going to be tough to make an argument to make Minshew a week in and week out starter. Like in in a twelve team league, there's twelve better quarterbacks than Gardner Minshew. So, in but a, if oh. you're but if you're in a two quarterback league, Gardner Minshew is absolutely is a week a, in and week a out top, starter. So say you're in a ten team two QB league, you think it's top twenty? Uh, yeah. We finished top half, top yeah. top. 20 to 22, something like I mean, I I personally, I don't know where I have him ranked, but I can see him doing. He can improve on the 21 touchdowns that he had. I think the only thing that, that makes me nervous is the fumbles. amount of interceptions, the amount of fumbles. I mean, he rushed the ball 67 times. If he runs a couple of those in, it's a little bit more, uh, you know, I don't know, but a little bit more attractive. Um, I mean, just, I don't know. 
he's not a guy I'm going to recommend you go out and draft, but you could do worse. You could have Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. Like I mean, I mean seriously, Gardner Minshew or right. Mr. Biscuit. You're t- you're talking about the worst. So I was gonna just bring up guys that finished just after Gardner Minshew last year, and, and just say yes or no if you'd rather have them. Uh, Ryan Tannehill. Yes. Yes. Well, I'd rather. Have Drew Brees. Yes. Yes. Daniel Danny Jones. Yes. Yes. He missed a couple games there, so that's like Drew Brees overall. Yeah. Just These guys finished behind behind Minshew? him because right. they missed. Because they missed. Because they missed games. So sorry, Danny Jones. Yes. Yes. Jacoby Brissett. We already talked about he's not a starter anymore. Right. Um, Andy Dalton, not a starter anymore. Then we're into Mitch Trubisky. So there's like two or three guys that are. Yeah. Okay. We, we'd put ahead of them. I but mean, that, that's, that's so puts him just fine. outside of in a, in a two team, sorry, ten team two QB league. He's probably he's so he's right, like QB twenty two twenty three. Right They're yeah. in the edge. Yeah. So oh, it, sorry, Matt Stafford. Oh yes. Fuck yes. I'd rather Teddy have Bridgewater. <laughs> yes. Ah uh, no yes. Uh, I don't know. Yes, Dwayne Haskins. No, I'd rather have Minshew than Haskins. Yeah, I would too. Minshew. All right, that's pretty much. I mean, my I I guess my only thing is is that there's really there's a use case for Minshew, and that's in a deep two quarterback league. That's that's your use case in a single quarterback league. He's not on the radar. Again, I'm taking Tom's side right here. Looking at the other side, they're tanking, and they know they are. So why not pull a you know a Dolphins Fitz Magic kind of thing, you know. We're tanking. We suck. Just maybe have him fun. and Fitz Magic can hang out. I mean, one of the just biggest thing too. I mean, they are right next to each other. Is the rookie receivers Colin Johnson, Lavishka, Chanel? See what these guys have. Chuck, chuck the ball to these guys all season long. You're, you're going to suck. So why not build up your rookies and you know, yep. even DJ Chark another year, and then tank. Replace Minshew, sorry, next year, and then boom, you're golden. Yeah. Well, I mean, Minshew's definitely not the starting quarterback for the for the team at all. Oh, yeah, he's but a bridge guy. The the pieces around this offense, the Fournettes, um, the the DJ Sharks, the uh, Chenaults, then you have Didi, you have Chris Conley. Like you have a lot of pieces here where it's a bit messy. So if we have to start untangling it a bit. I mean, they brought in Chris Thompson, who I, I so let's just talk about the running backs for a quick second. Um, the there's a hundred targets that went to Leonard Fournette. I mean, do yeah. we think that's gonna happen again? I mean, they didn't bring no. in Chris Thompson for no reason, and oh by the way, their offensive coordinator is Chris Thompson's old head coach. Right. So I mean, Chris Thompson's going to be involved somehow, and if if they're playing catch up. I don't think they're running the ball with Leonard Fournette. And I'm sorry. I, I, he was my bust last year, but I, I went back and listened to my my reasons for him being a bust. This was a career year for Leonard Fournette. Oh, no. Uh, and if this is his career year, you're in trouble with yeah, Leonard so Fournette. We were all shocked that he had 76 receptions. Right. And, and so that's a product of the fact that there's so many players that were covered downfield because if you really look at it, Normally, you wouldn't care about yards per reception for running backs, but 6.87 yards per reception is below average, uh, far, far below average on what an overall team's per um, team's uh, yards per play is, which if you're lower than yards per play, that's typically taking a negative amount of, of yards off each time that they did pass to Leonard Fournette. So it was a bailout program, it was basically just instilled when Leonard Fournette was out there. So Chris Thompson comes in, yeah, electrifying personality. Will be hurt by week eight, but irrelevant. That that that, that that's but, the biggest thing. He's so injury yeah. prone. So happens he, when you're he, a five he, foot four running back in the NFL. He is, but <laughs> I mean, if he's healthy, I mean, there's there's an opportunity that Chris Tom, not from a fantasy perspective, but yes. there's an opportunity for him to drastically hurt Leonard Fournette. Yeah, the only thing I'll say about Fournette though is that he can stem that you know, negative impact that Chris Thompson or even Reichwell Armistead might bring if he can just find the damn end zone. I mean, three touchdowns three on 265 attempts. Most ever had? I think it's the most. No, no I was just going to go look up the same possible negative Tom might be. I hate Because in his first two years before last year, a lot of suspensions, a lot of injuries, especially by his own team. 
He has 19 career touchdowns. Nah. So I can't imagine that's yeah, true. Yeah, that wrong. He had nine his rookie year, five the year after that. Nine his rookie three. Yeah, I mean, yeah. three's going to go up. Even if he has way less attempts, I think it's going to go up. Holy yeah, crap. I mean, on two, again, 265 attempts to three touchdowns, and then uh, 76 catches with no touchdowns. He touched the ball, uh, math, 330, 340 times, and got three touchdowns. That's terrible. Oh, yeah. it's bad. Scott yeah, his, his, was saying, his, yeah. me, baby. Yeah, his <laughs> yards per touch in actual, like, um, you know, fantasy points that comes of his touches are terrible. Yeah. I don't yeah, like Leonard up. Fournette. I as know. A we know. He's, you? He's, a, he's, a vo- <laughs> he's, he's you? only been good because of volume. The listeners, but what do we always say? Volume is, is king. king. Yes. Yeah, but, I mean, it'll be interesting to see if the volume's there. Hey, you I know guess. what I will say? 265 plays, touches and one fumble is not, not, not shabby. No, I mean, he's pretty big. He's like 240 big pounds. Um, and this is all if he's on the team still. I mean, he's Which on is, the trading Which is, again, Reichwald, Armstead, get this guy late. Right. Yeah, we were talking about that. We we missed out on him. but and he's, he's already been dropped, he's which a free is agent, preposterous. Which I want, but these two said don't do it. Yeah, we'll talk about we'll that. We'll say we can wait. Um, you pick up someone to drop him again. Wide receivers. Yeah, let's move on to the wide receivers. Real DJ quick. Shark, so, I think. Yeah, my a, confidence is only the guy to own. Yeah. He's the only one I'm confident in the receiver. But where do you draft DJ Shark? Like, I'm not confident he replicates these numbers. Um, um, is he a top 20 ADP right now? Probably. Yeah. I mean, he finished wide receiver 16 last year, and he came on hot and then really started to slow down towards the end of the year. I would say that he ends up somewhere in that mid to back end wide receiver two range anyway. So you're looking at around a fourth or fifth round pick. Yeah, I was going to say, if he's there in round five, I'm taking him. If it's four, I'm thinking about it. Maybe see if, you know, if, if they've gone heavy I'm wide receiver at that to- point. Totally fine with this. this yeah. is, he's an athletic freak, tall, and really came onto the scene. I yeah. really fine Anything with past it. that. If he's sitting there in the sixth round in your draft, you take him. It should be a no-brainer. And, you take look at, and again, with, with opportunity, opportunity is king. He's, he's literally the number one by a long shot. He doesn't have anybody, yeah, that's pressing him. I mean, D.D. Westbrook's decent, but he's not pressing him. LaVisca Chenault, I think, is going to be good, but he's not immediately pressing him. Chris Conley is a great wide receiver that they just didn't really use last year, so he's not pressing him. Yeah, I mean, and some of those targets that went Fournette's way, maybe they go DJ Shark's way. I think DJ Shark is clearing away the number one. And then, again, I mean, LaVishka's competing to take Westbrook and Conley's um, yep. And I think targets. that he will. I think especially Conley because he fits the same size. Conley's actually surprisingly a lot taller than you would expect. He's like 6'3". He's got, he had 90 targets last year. Yeah. He's sneaky young, they, too. They, I looked him up recently. Yeah, he's like he, 25. He, yeah, so he came over from KC at yeah, one yeah. point. Um, but yeah, yeah. and Didi's on his way out. Uh, Keelan Cole's definitely on his way out. I know. They, Keelan uh, Cole was like the biggest, my Marquis Lee crush. is officially out. Keelan Cole, they put a second round tender on him. Did they? This year. <laughs> they won this guy so bad. I thought he was going to be so good. Then I heard that he doesn't watch TV because he uh, only watches tape, a game tape on his laptop. And I was like, this guy, I need him. <laughs> Drafted him wicked <laughs> early in a ton of leagues. There's that one guy stinks. every year at the end of the season. Keelan Cole. Dante Pettis year after yeah. that. Oh, one thing I will say about this team to watch out for is Josh Oliver, the tight end. Um, but they brought an he, Eifert. Yeah, they no, nah, whatever. I don't care. That guy gets hurt every single <laughs> single game. Um, Josh every Oliver game. is actually very athletic and has a lot of um, you know uh, stats to back up the fact that he can he can handle a, a tight end one workload. Um, I, I just can see with with Gardner Minshew and and them being bad and 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 them trying to. Um, you know, get whatever play they possibly can. Tight ends is usually the uh, uh, lesser experienced quarterback's best friend. And I think that that could be something that you really should pay attention to. Because I think that, uh, I mean, they had a pretty high capital on him. I believe he was a third round draft pick. And it was two seasons ago that he was drafted. So, I don't know. I, I, I like him. I think he's someone that you should look into. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it, a lot of it might de- be dependent on how the offense works. Um we're a bit over an hour, but one thing that I, I'm, I was thinking, you know, as we did the other two divisions, one thing that I feel like maybe we should do is just recap each of them and what the fantasy options are. Yep. Just to That's summarize fine. everything. So if we go back up to Houston, Deshaun, um, what wide receiver? I mean, if we have to pick one, I'm going to pick Will Fuller. Will Fuller slightly well, overcooks. Honestly, Kenny Stills. 
Oh, I think Stills is the odd man out. No, but, and I'm not saying that are you, he's above. Are you on the Stills train? No, 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 no. I'm no, not no. saying that he's done. above Will Fuller or above Cooks, but as far as what you're going to get in draft capital for one of the wide receivers, I think it's the safer area to go to a guy that I think is he's going okay. to be. Okay, we can I, recommend yeah. no wide receiver on this team is what yeah, is, is and, what. And I was going to say Cooks, so. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna because I, I just want to keep it. I just want to keep it quick. So right now we can't recommend a wide receiver on the Houston Texans, um, but I think David Johnson somewhere uh, and Duke Johnson late as a depth play uh, on the Tennessee Titans. Ryan Tannehill we talked about as a back end quarterback. Derrick Henry is a high end uh, RB. AJ Brown as you know a, a wide receiver somewhere. Anybody yep. else on that team? John, I would probably say John Smith. If you're gonna draft tight, tight end, end. okay. Okay, so they so that I mean, tight, Titans so far have the best fantasy uh, team in this division, and then and then um, Philip Rivers, the Colts, yeah, Colts Philip Rivers, <laughs> Philip Rivers, Rivers uh, back in quarterback two, T. Y. Hilton, T. Y. only Hilton. wide receiver I'm touching, Jack Doyle I would think about as a tight end late if you if you really had to just pick one to fill your roster out, yep. and our most uh, Jonathan Taylor and is, Marlon Mack are going to be drafted. Yeah, yeah, our most confident running back. If you could recommend them, though. Jonathan Taylor. Taylor. Jonathan Taylor. Way over. But not where he's going to go get drafted. He's going to be drafted in the third round. So it sounds like we're not touching the running backs on on the Colts. Because really, what what I'm trying to do is just summarize who we're suggesting to be drafted from these teams. Like, I don't want to suggest drafting Taylor. Where their ADPs are, then, yeah, pass on them. If you you look at Taylor's ADP and he's there three rounds after it, of course, Taylor. That's the point I was trying to make about Kenny Stills, damn it. (laughs) Okay, so stinks. Um, And then on Jacksonville, I think it's Fournette and DG Shark. Yes. Yes. Yep. Okay. All right, so that's Podcast 72. That's the AFC South for you. Yep, AFC West is next podcast. Yes. Yes. That'll be a fun one. That's a good one. That is a very good good one. one. It's because Kansas City's there. Well, and there's a lot of teams that have a lot of – like we'll do this this recap segment for you, and there's going to be a lot more names. Broncos are interesting. The Raiders are interesting. The Chargers are – Chargers are very interesting. The Chargers are interesting. I like them. (laughs) (laughs) I did just spring the whole summary thing on you guys, but we'll we'll try and make a habit of that. Surprise segments. We'll try and and, – well, Scotty's trying to bring that. Pop quiz, believe, go. I not believe so. Oprah's favorite We will. <laughs> <laughs> Top shelf fantasy. Stay fluid. Stay